On today's podcast, how can investing be as simple as shopping at the grocery store? And why you may be leaving thousands of dollars on the table by not investing today. Let's get started right now. And welcome to Make It Shine, your money podcast. I have here with me, Shirley. And of course, Manisha's here to help you guys answer a very important question. Why don't you invest in the stock market? So Shirley, I know you've had some really amazing success over the last year and a half in the stock market. But before that, I think you were completely ignorant of how to invest and what to do. Is that fair? Oh, I'm a total newbie. And when you say success, like that's a word that we would use loosely. Because this is really new. And I'm, I think of myself as a long-term investor. Yeah. And part of the reason why I was very hesitant to start was because of all the jargon out there. Right. It's Money is just tough to understand, even though it shouldn't be, right? So. So that was one of the reasons why I took a long time before I decided to put any money in the stock market. You know, it's funny you say that because, you know, there's been numerous studies. I know Goldman Sachs put out a study that said over the last 140 years, if you look at a 10-year return of the stock market, it's been about 9.2%. Right. And that includes all the stock market crashes that went along with it. Yep. I remember in 2008, 2009, that was, there was a huge crash. Right. I lost my job at that time. And I remember everyone was panicking. And I remember thinking at that time, since I was not invested, like, haha, look at me. I still have all my cash. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not alone, right? Like yeah. thousands of people think that way, millions, you know, to be realistic. Um, and that's, I think, what holds people back. So, you know, I think one of the number one reasons people don't go out and invest in the stock market and think cash is safe is because of all all these ups and downs that we've had, it doesn't feel like a guarantee, right? A stock market, it's maybe a little bit close to gambling. I can definitely see why people view it that way. And I think that's why a long-term horizon in investing is important. You have to be able to ride out the highs and lows of the stock market. Yeah, one of my absolute favorite quotes when it comes to investing is, it's not timing the market, but it's time in the market. Um, I think if I remember correctly, like last year, there were seven days that had the highest gains of the whole year. And so if you were trying to time the market and you're like in and out, in and out, and you miss those seven days, you actually miss the biggest gains in the full year. But if you stayed invested last year, I think on average, the return was 13% compared to, you know, what we talked about, 9.2% on a decade average. So you would make money if you stay invested. Um, that's one thing, right? So taking that long-term horizon is so critical, so important. Uh, and that's also why you don't want to put money in the stock market that you need tomorrow or anything that you need for emergency. So that's a critical aspect that people miss out, especially when you think about long-term investing. Like as an example, if you're 20 years old and you invested $10,000 in the market, probably grows, like I said, about, let's say, roughly 5%. That's even taking a, a cut to what Goldman Sachs said. So by the time you're 60 years old, that $10,000 is now $70,000. And that's substantial. So what about if you didn't have $10,000 at age 20? Yeah, and I think that's spot on, right? I think one of the bigger reasons that people don't invest outside of just being uncomfortable is they don't have excess funds to put in the stock market. Uh, and so we do have another podcast that talks about the importance of saving. Um, and I'd really encourage people to listen to that because it, it'll surprise you, you know, what prevents people from saving on a day-to-day -day basis. So if you think more about the stock market, you think more about investing. Um, Shirley, what finally made you comfortable enough to take the plunge? It was really talking to non-professionals, like friends, coworkers that have similar lifestyles and goals to me. 
when I think about it, there's really two conversations that made a huge difference in how I viewed investing. The first conversation was with your mom, actually. We were talking about uh, mortgage rates. Um, she was helping me find a home, and we were talking about what mortgage payment I could afford. Right. And I said to her at that point, I want to put down as big of a down payment as possible because I don't want to worry about interest and I just wanted to pay it off. That's that's what I've learned right. my entire life. And she said, oh, I've never heard of that before <laughs> because mortgage rates are so low in Canada. Right. You have to figure out how much you could afford every month, what your expenses are, and then how much you could put towards your mortgage. And then everything else that's excess, you invested in anywhere else you want. So it could be the stock market. And typically, the stock market rates are higher than your mortgage rates. So you should definitely put in the stock market or save up for a down payment for, you know, an investment property. And when she said that, it just finally clicked like, oh, you're right. Why am I trying to put down as big of a down payment as possible? So that was one conversation that changed the way I thought about money and investing. I love it. Women helping women, right? And and I think it's so important to hear from people that are like you. Like my mom is in no way a financial whiz. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to basic practical things, I think that's why it helps to hear from somebody that has a similar worldview as you. Yeah, absolutely. And I trust your mom, right? So when I heard her say it, I'm like, that makes so much sense. And you know what? I've heard that advice before, but I just didn't. It just didn't click it because it wasn't from someone I trusted. Right. Or even in yeah. a language you understand. Because usually exactly. people will talk about rates and be like, oh, you know, mortgage at this rate, prime plus this and that. And all the jargon that gets thrown in, it makes it intimidating. Right. Yeah. And it keeps, I find it keeps especially women out. It keeps both women and men out, but it seems to disproportionately impact women. So the second conversation that changed my way of thinking about investments is with a friend. I was having lunch with him one day and... I asked him, hey, how do you manage your money? And mm-hmm. he said he's always flip-flop between having a financial advisor and doing it himself. And I'm like, why do you flip-flop? Like, what's the pros and cons? And he said, with a financial advisor, he sees what his friend, who was, the financial advisor was also his friend. He right. sees what his friend is able to do. And he's like, well, I can duplicate that because right. all his friend does is invest in ETFs, mutual funds. Um, and he's like, why am I paying a fee for that? So then he takes the money out and he tries to do it himself. Right. And he says it's okay for a while, but then he starts to get itchy hands. And what he means by that is he starts to uh, pick individual stocks. Right. He's not disciplined anymore. No, he's not disciplined anymore. So he starts to watch the stock as if he's stalking it. (laughs) So it goes up. He's like, oh, I'm so smart. It goes down. He's like, oh, no, he beats himself up. And eventually he can't take it anymore. And he sells at a loss or he sells before the stock goes up high. Right. So he's no longer disciplined. He's not He's now a trader. He's not an investor. Right. Um, And then he gives his money back all to the financial advisor to manage for him. That's so funny. And I think that's such a relatable experience for anybody is is because the stock market, you know, when you buy a stock, you get an emotional attachment to it. Yes. And a lot of people have that where they're like, oh, but this is the first stock I bought. Or even recently, like my husband invested in in Nokia and he's like, oh, you know, it was the first (laughs) phone I ever had. And and that's like an emotional attachment. Uh, But, you know, the stock market doesn't care for our emotions. Uh, And I really do equate having a financial advisor to having like a gym trainer. Um, And they really help you stay disciplined. um, They help you stay focused. But also like you don't need a gym trainer to just go work out either. 
right? You don't need a gym trainer to just go out on a walk or starting eating healthy. So I think there's other avenues. So yes, you know, there's the opportunity of doing it all yourself. You know, how do you make sure you're disciplined? And then there's, of course, if you can afford it to, to get a financial advisor. Uh, but it's really interesting he talked about it because really, if you think about the stock market, there's at least three different products that you can buy. So, you know, like he said, you could buy mutual funds, you could buy ETFs, or you could really invest in individual stocks. So we've talked a lot about why you should invest in the stock market, but how can we invest in the stock market? So Shirley, what are ways that you've invested in the market? There's a couple of things that you can do. Uh, definitely look into ETFs, mutual funds. Um, those are kind of like the cheating ways. They're not cheating ways. They're actually the most common ways to get started in the right. stock market. And then another way is investing in individual stocks, of course. Right. So companies that you know, you like, Amazon, Microsoft, those type of companies that everyone knows. And you can buy shares in those companies. Yeah, and ETFs are really what's called exchange-traded funds. Um, and really, I think the easiest way to think about it is, you know, you've got a basket of stocks, Right. So if you think about going shopping, going to the groceries, you want to buy fruit, you're buying a category. So you've got all your different apples, oranges, bananas, everything in there. Um, and that's that's an ETF because you're like, hey, I want to track how fruits are performing. Are fruits going up? Are fruits going down? And you know that because you've got somebody else out there that's making sure that you've got your basket with all the right mix of fruit. And then let's say you're like, hey, um, I'm interested in the fruit. I'm also interested in the vegetables. <laughs> I want to track that separately. Um, that's another ETF. Uh, or if you're like, hey, I want to track the whole grocery store. How's that doing? Um, and that's another ETF. So a way to think about it is, um, you know, each of these different sectors, fruit, vegetables, I don't know, the baking section, um, there are different sectors in the market, right? You've got technology. You've got clean energy. You've got fo people focusing on goals. There's ETFs for each one of those sectors. Um, or if you want the whole thing, you want to be S&P 500, um, that's the whole grocery store. And somebody's out there managing that for you, charging a very low fee to do that. And you can just, you know, cheat your way, as Shirley said, um, into getting to the stock market and not having to be that professional, right? This is, this is made for you content, which simplifies things a lot. And now mutual funds, they do pretty much the same thing, but they charge you a little bit higher in fee. And that's because they're maybe focused on getting you the shiniest apple. So you're looking at that sector or you're looking at that area, but you're like, hey, how do I get the best stock? Uh, and there's a team that's doing that for you. So you have to pay for that. And so that's why there's a little bit of a higher fee. So Manisha, does that mean it's better to invest in a mutual fund versus an ETF? If you're listening to this podcast and you're a novice or a newbie to investing, uh, my recommendation is to start with ETFs. Um, you know, this is this is a way that you can cheaply get into investing. Uh, and two ETFs I can recommend, I mean, as an example, VTI, which is a Vanguard ETF, mimics the total stock market. So that is the whole grocery store. So if you want to invest in the full grocery store, and uh, as Goldman Sachs already said that, you know, over the last 140 years, every 10 years, we've seen at least a 9.2% growth. So that mimics that. Um, if you want to be a little bit more niche, you can invest in VFV. Um, that is a Vanguard ETF that invests in the S&P 500. So another way to think about it is probably the best sellers of the grocery store. That's what it's focused on. Um, now, we are not sponsored by Vanguard at all. Uh, and this is just our recommendation based on personal experience. Um, so feel free to go out there and do more research of your own. Uh, but these, I think, are easy ways to get into the stock market. So Shirley, we've talked about why it's important to invest in the stock market. How can people do that? Well, there's a bunch of ways. Um, I recommend actually just going online, just doing a simple Google search of brokerages that you can start with. So the ones in Canada that are most popular, right. you've got your Wealthsimple, you've got your Questrade. Those are known as you just download an app 
Mm-hmm. And I don't think uh, there's no minimum amount of money that you need to load into the app to start trading. Right. The user interfaces are so simple; they break it down, and you can start as you could start buying ETFs right away. Yeah. So just look up the ticker symbol of the ETF that you're looking for. So you were saying VTI. Right. Uh, I'm sure both Quest Trade and Well Simple have VTI. And, of course. Um, You can start right away. Yeah, and in addition to that, if you bank with someone's any of the banks, right? They always have what Shirley said is a brokerage, which is kind of an investing arm. So if you go online, you'll see it there. They'll actually recommend it to you. And if you don't see it, feel free to call that one eight hundred number, right? All the banks in Canada want you to invest. It's actually one of the ways that you know. It's like I said, a win win. So go online, like Shirley said, search for either Wealthsimple, Questrade as an example, um, or just contact your local bank. Um, but it's important to get started and get yourself educated. Um, you might have to do a little bit of paperwork if you've never done this before, just to set your account up. Don't let that hold you back, right? Like, don't let that be a barrier to you know what could help set a good financial foundation for you. So even though there are these simple apps out there to help you get set up、um, and invest for the first time, there are still some hurdles when you are filling out the paperwork. And a good example would be: I remember being asked about, "Do you want to put your money in an RSP versus a TFSA, or、uh, do you want a personal account?" And I'm like, "Oh no, what does that mean?" Now again, if all of this feels like too much. Right, then what you need is somebody, the bank, to handhold you, and there's nothing wrong with that.、Um, and that's where the advice shifts a little bit. And instead of getting an ETF, maybe the right thing for you to, is to get a mutual fund. And what that means is you'll pay a little bit of fees, but then someone can help set all of this up for you. So that's something that also you can look at. You can book an appointment with a financial advisor in any bank. You don't have to bank with them, but you book an appointment. You go in, and they will guide you step by step, and they will explain in all detail how this translates for you. Okay, we've discussed a lot of ideas. To summarize, these are three takeaways. Number one, investing is for the long term. It allows you to ride out the highs and lows if you're invested over a longer period.、And、number two, start small, get comfortable, and keep learning. Do your research, talk to professionals and people you trust when it comes to money. And number three, if you're a brand new investor, start with ETFs or mutual funds as a good way to wet your feet. We've actually attached a list of ETFs that cover various sectors with brief descriptions in our podcast details. We've also attached a handy guide that you can use to understand the differences between a mutual fund and an ETF. So after talking about this for the last couple of minutes, I think the key point is just do it. Yeah, I think you have to step away from any kind of fear about hey, I'm going to lose everything I own. Like you have to step away from that. And one other thing you can do is you don't need to invest all your money at the same time.、Yeah. Why don't you start small? Start with what you're comfortable with. Yep. And see how it goes. Even if it's just twenty five dollars, you can actually invest twenty five dollars in an ETF. And for a mutual fund, you need a minimum five hundred. But that's how small it needs to be.、Um, get out there, set it up, and just do it and make it shine. Let us know if you have any questions about money, and we can even invite some experts to join us at the next podcast. Your feedback is very important in making sure that we're creating the right content. So please rate, review, and subscribe. Any views or opinions represented in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the podcast creators and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the owner may or may not be associated with in professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. 